book of 1 John, chapter 3. 1 John, chapter 3. Last week we listened to John speaking to his readers. We learned that there, there was something called love's imperatives. What we learned by looking at what, what, which Greek word John used for love, agapan, understanding that we are to love others the way God loves us. And this was a critical element of retaining our joy, that, that we are to love our brothers, people God sets in front of us in their sin. Because this is the way God loved us. John gave us a visual con to consider uh, when referring to, while referring to, to Cain and Abel. Cain was exposed to every single element of love that his brother was, yet he chose not to love. John Jen then drove the point home by referring to the, the two brothers by saying, anyone who does not love his brother is a murderer. In other words, anyone who does not love his brother is a Cain. Tonight, we'll continue to hear what, what, we need to, uh, what we need to remain in our joy with our Lord as we look at Scripture that's entitled, Love in Action. So last week was, was love imperatives. Tonight is love in action. Now listen to me, church. This is a hard one. This is a hard one. This one hit home with me, and it ought to ring bells in the church. It, it ought to help us to evaluate our lives and to see exactly how, how we're investing in the love that God gave us. It really should. So let's look at 1 John chapter 3, and we're going to start reading in verse 16. 1 John 3, start reading in verse 16. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, but shuts off his compassion from him, how can God's love reside in him? That's, that's kind of a, a critical point in this message. Let's read verse 17 again. We're going to read it again here in a few minutes, but let's, let's read it so it'll really sink in with us. If anyone has this world's goods... Do we have God's good, world's goods? And sees a brother in need. How often do you see a brother in need? And shuts off his compassion from him. Acts like you don't even see it. How can God's love reside in him? Little children, we must not, leave, uh, we must not love in, <clears throat> in word or in speech, but in deed and in truth. That is how we will know we are in the truth and will convince our hearts in his presence. Because if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and we can receive whatever we ask from him because we, we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Now this is his command, that we believe in his name of the Son of, son of, Jesus, of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love uh, uh, another as he has command, uh, commanded us. The one who keeps his commands to love remains in him, and he in him. And, and the way we know that he remains in us is from the Spirit 
from the Spirit He has given us. What Spirit? The Spirit of what? Of love. That's exactly right. Let's pray. Father, we come to you again tonight asking forgiveness of our sins and thanking you for allowing us to be here. God, we pray that you would open our eyes and help us to see what we need to see this, this evening, God. As I've stated earlier, this is a hard message. This is a hard one for me. And Lord, I pray that even because it's hard, Lord, we'll allow this message to penetrate us and help us to see ourselves as you see us, Jesus. In your name we do pray. And all God's children said, amen. As I stated before, uh, before I read tonight's scripture, the title uh, that's given to this portion of scripture is love in action. Love in action. In action. Now, what this means is, is that it's seen. A person can see your love by your actions. It's seen. Vicki, will you do me a favor and turn the crying room light on for me? People can see your love through your actions. And you can see the love of God through your very own actions. Now, how many of you have ever uh, or uh, your parents ever made this statement to you? Actions speak louder. Did your parents ever say that to y'all? Miss Taylor, did you ever say that to your girls? Or it didn't work with Karen. <laughs> Actions speak louder than words. Is that true? Actions Speak louder than words. So what this means is you can tell, you know, I love you. I love you. I love, I, I think Sam Cooke, years ago, he wrote a song about that. I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. Yes, your pastor grew up on Sam Cooke. Y'all remember that song? You don't, Bill, you don't? You were deprived, son. We can say it all day long. But our actions, what we do, shows whether we do or not, right? I, I, I'll never forget, I, I, I've used this illustration before, uh, when Kyle Jr. was playing football, they had stats, and every week he would get stats. The, his defensive coordinator would, would give him stats of, of what he did the game before. And sometimes I thought they were, you know, they were pretty on, on point, and other times I didn't think he got what he, what he deserved on both ends of the spectrum. But he would get his stat sheet of how many tackles he made, how many uh, you know, assists he made, how many sacks he made. And, and he would come and he'd sit down and he'd say, man, you know, okay. He, he'd be real excited after he got his stat sheet and he'd say, okay, look, ne next week, dad, I'm going to kill it. Next week, I'm going to do this, this, this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill it. I'm going to kill it. They're going to be in trouble. I've, I've watched their, their offense. I'm going to kill them. And you know what dad would say? Don't tell me. Show me. I mean, don't, don't, don't tell me what you're, don't, don't tell me what you're going to do. Show me what you're going to do. That's what this message is all about. Because listen, it's so easy. It is so easy to let words fly out of your mouth. Oh, I love you. Show me. I, I love you. Sh show me. I, I'm a Christian. Show me. I am, a, I am a child of God. Show me. Sh show me. 
The, the, the world, the lost world, has had enough lip service from Christians. We wear our crosses around our neck, our WWJD bracelets. We put stickers on our cars. But listen, it's more than that. It's more than that. And that's what John is trying to tell us tonight. So what does our scripture say? What is it that our scripture says? What is John trying to drive home? John first tells us that what we should already know. The same thing that he has told us several times before, but have you noticed that John keeps telling it a different way? Well, we know that God is love and that when we accept his son as our savior, we have that love. We know that apart from, from God, no man can really know what love is in any form, no form. John gives us our first love in action seen in verse 1. He says, this is how we come to know love. He laid down his life for us. This, this action is Jesus dying for us. And by this action, we as Christians know what love is. What that means is when Jesus died on the cross, that's when our love began. Tell me, that's not an Easter story, y'all. When Jesus died on the cross, that's when our love began. That's when our love originated. Without that, without Christ dying on the cross, we would not know what love is. That was the ultimate showing of love, that he would die for us. And John, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't let that resonate very long before he goes to the second, uh, second, second point. As we stand in awe trying to understand the depths of what John has just written, trying to understand how, how the, the, the God of the universe first would allow his son, his only son, to die to give us this love, John then hits his readers with the next love action saying this, we should also lay down our lives for our brothers. You see, love started by Jesus showing us that he loved us so much that he died for us. John then hits us in the face with a big old brick and says, you as a believer should, do this, should be willing to do the same thing, that others might understand the love of God. Now, I'm not telling you we need to step out in front of a car out here on Chevis Road blocking somebody to show them. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. John Phillips says this is about, this about our second love action. If Christ loved us enough to die for us, we ought to love his people, our brothers and sisters in Christ, enough to lay down our lives for them. As we exhibit, uh, as, as we are exhibits in eternity of God's great love to us and of Christ's great work for us, so there ought to be some in heaven, just some in heaven in coming day. Who, who will be able to exhibit of our Christ-like love for his own. We, listen, we may not be called upon ever in our lives to give our lives in sacrifice. We are certainly called to give our lives in service. Listen to that again. We might not ever be called upon to give our lives in sacrifice, but we are certainly called to give our lives in service. This leads us to the third action, the third love action. The third love action is seen in verse 17, showing compassion. This is where it's going to start getting hard, y'all. 
Don't, don't fall asleep on me now. Showing compassion. Look at verse 17. He says, if anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, but shuts off compassion from him, how can God's love reside in him? If anyone has world's goods and doesn't share, doesn't give, how can God's love, compassion reside in him? How? How? I, I, I get people get mad at me every time I say this, but I, I really mean it. Uh, and I'm not doing it so people will get mad at me. But y'all, do y'all know why we take up an offering? I mean, is, is it to, you know, paint the building and, you know, clean the carpet? Well, yeah, to a certain degree it is. But the money we take up is, is to reach out to the community, right? To win the lost world to Jesus, right? I, I'm, am I right? That, that's, that's the main motive, to win the, Lord, win the lost to, to the Lord, right? And I, I believe that we ought to be good stewards of God's money. I really do. I think we ought to have some sort of a safety net, you know, just in case hard times come because, I mean, guess what? Hard times come. Uh, you know, the, the rain always comes, does it not? But we ought not have an exuberant amount of money just sitting in the account drawing interest. Right? We ought to use that money to the best of our abilities to win people to Jesus. Now listen, listen, with that in mind, listen, listen, listen to it again. Listen to the scripture again in verse 17. If anyone has the world's goods and sees his brother in need but shuts off his compassion from him, how can God's love reside in him? We can't take it with us. We can't die and be buried with it. How can we call ourselves Christians when we don't have compassion for the lost world? It's just not possible. Does this love action sound familiar to you? Proverbs 3, 27 through 28 says this. Do not, do not, do not withhold good from those whom it is due. When it is in your power to act, do not say to your neighbor, come, come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you when, when you already have it with you in your presence today. Proverbs 19.17 says this, Kindness to the poor is a loan to the Lord, and He will give a reward to the lender. Church, we have so much. We, we collectively, as individuals, have so much. We as believers, we as a body of believers of Chevis Oaks Baptist Church, we have so much. Listen, I, I'm ashamed at times at how much we have. Now, let me say what I've said many times again. God has not blessed us so that we can be a blessing unto ourselves. He has blessed us that we can be a blessing to others who are in need. That's why God has blessed us. And you don't think that God will remove His hand of blessing if we don't use it to the best of our abilities to bless others? You haven't studied your Bible. You haven't read when we as Christians give to others, we're showing the love of God. 
when we as Christians give to others, we're showing the love of God. We're, we're showing the world and ourselves that God is truly alive in us. But John also tells us that when we do not give of ourselves, when we shut off our compassion, when we shut off the compassion that God has given us, for the, the love for other people, John asks, how can God's love reside in you? How? It's been my effort everywhere God has, has led me for somehow, some way. This church, y'all used to have a lighthouse sitting over here. And we call this church a lighthouse under this community. That somehow, some way, that this, this church could be open 24 hours a day to reach anybody, anybody in this community. Reach them, touch them, somehow, some way. And I see not only our church, but other churches, we put our hands up to people. We say, we can't do that. We're not doing that. Churches, this is not what John's talking about tonight. Is it not what John's talking about? We, we, can't, we can't do this. We, we, we can't do this ministry. We're, we're not going to do this ministry. Is that what, not, what John's talking about, church, tonight? Listen to this meme that I scrolled across on Facebook timeline the very day that I was preparing this message. Some of y'all might have seen this. When someone helps you and they're struggling too. Now, I want you to get it. When somebody helps you and they're struggling too, that's not help. That's love. <laughs> Listen to it again. When somebody helps you and they're struggling too, that's not help. That's love. And that's what John is talking about here. John is talking about Christians having love. Having the love that God gave them. And not wet watering it down. Not just, not just giving it lip service. Because that's what we do. We, we give our Christian love in lip service. But Miss Virginia, we don't give it any action. We don't. Oh, how I love Jesus until it's messy. John is trying to, to tell his readers that, that love is a fundamental Christian emotion that is given to each person who believes in Jesus Christ. We have this love because Jesus laid down his life for us. An, an enormous price was paid that we could be given this love. An enormous price. We now possess this love emotion. And that emotion does not sit dormant in our minds and our bodies. It cannot. That emotion is so strong that incites, it demands action. John drives this, this very point home when he writes verses 18 through 20. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says this. Little children. Do you see, he's, Gary, he's coming down. He's trying to, little children. Little children. He's trying to get everybody's attention. Little children. We must not love in word or speech, but in deed and truth. This is how we will know we are in the truth. And we convince our, our hearts in His presence. Because if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and He knows all things. We can tell the whole world, listen, I, I, 
I love, I love, I love. I'm going to love, 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 love. I'm going to love, I'm going to love. I'm going to do this. I'm going to love. But we can convince ourselves. I learned this when I was a kid because I probably was this. My, my mother taught me a word when I was in like the fifth grade. It was pathological. Craig, you tell yourself something over and over and over again, and guess what you start doing? You start believing it yourself. You can tell yourself, but your actions show your heart's true intent. And what, whatever you say and whatever you do, this scripture tells us that, that God knows the truth. Church, we, we can really tell people we love them all day, every day. But until we show them that love, they will never believe us. We can tell them. But until we show them, they'll never believe us. We can tell people that we love them every day, but until we show them love, we can't even believe that what we're saying ourselves. We can tell every person we meet in the streets of Savannah that this church is a loving church, that, that we love people to Jesus, but the fact that remains in Scripture supports is this. Until we show the people of Savannah that we do indeed love them with action, they will not believe any of us. I told you it was going to be hard. John Phillips points to the perfect Bible character to give illustration to the love that we're to have for others saying this. Y'all pay attention. This is good. This, this, Miss Desi, this got me. This slapped me. John Phillips says this. If we love people the way Jesus loved people, we will want to do something for them. When we see them, we won't have this, this mind of condemnation. We'll be thinking, what, what can I do? What can I do for them? It, it breaks your heart because, listen, I said it this morning, it breaks God's heart. It does. And I think it breaks God's heart even more when he sees Christians seeing these people and not having the compassion, not having his, his, his love for them. John Phillips says, the very first word that fell from the lips of the suddenly regenerated Saul of Tarsus, there on the Damascus road, concerned doing. He had been blinded by the heavenly vision, yet the vision of the Lord from glory filled his soul. Lord Saul said, what will thou have me do? What will thou have me do? Those were the first words that fell off his lips. Church, love is not about just telling people you love them. Love is about doing. Christian love is, is, is not just a powerful emotion. It's an action, a call of action. How can we say we have the love of God in us when we have people living in misery all around us in this very neighborhood, and we do nothing to try to make them feel the love of God that we say is in us. How can we continue to drive by these people, look down at these people, and say with a straight face that we have the love of the living God in us? How? How, how can we?
church ministry is messy. It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us to do things we, we really don't want to do, but we, we need to do it. Why do we need to do it, Brother Kyle? Why, why should we do it? Because we have that love and that compassion in our hearts that God gave us when he died on Calvary's cross. Amen? I told my Wednesday night class this past week, this past Wednesday I drove, I was here at church during the day, and I had to run to the bank on Wednesday. And as I left the stop sign, there was a man with a cane. As an, he was an older man, and he was walking towards Ashley's. And just as I was driving past him, he, he just kind of collapsed right there at the bridge and sat down at the bridge. And you could tell he was, I mean, he, he was walking. He, was, he wasn't walking good. And I went to the bank, and I came back, and he was still sitting there. What are, what are we supposed to do as a, a Christian who has compassion for the lost world? Just let him see it? Is that what we're supposed to do? Look at him. He's probably drunk. He's probably on drugs. Another bum living in the neighborhood. That's what we do most of the time, isn't it? Look at him. He's gotten what he deserves. He's probably going to pass out right there. I ought to call the cops on him. Is that the love that, that God gave you that incites you to, to love people? Let me ask you this. What, we're supposed to be like Jesus. What would Jesus do if he saw that man? Roll his window down and tell him, drunk, drunk. Hey, you old drunk, won't you get up? Is that what Jesus would do? I don't think so. I went and got him a cold water, and I walked up, and I introduced myself, told him I was the pastor, asked him if we, he, we could do anything for him. He was nasty, y'all. I mean, just clothes look, he had on looked like he had them on for, I don't know, a month or so. Uh, he, he had a, a pungent smell about him, dirt under all his fingernails, teeth were about gone. I didn't witness, I didn't give him, you know, the gospel. I didn't feel led to do that. But he met the pastor of the church, and he knows we care. And he'll be back, and I know he'll be back because God brought him there for the first time. That's how we're to love people. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back because there's many times, Sharon, there's many times I've missed the opportunity. I wasn't who I should be. But what this scripture tells me is I need to be what God's called me to be. At the very slowest level, at the smallest level, I need to love the way he loves me. It's worth it. The price that was paid that started all this, that this love originated, was Jesus dying on the cross. His death is worth me loving people the way I should love them. John then speaks about this love action as a heart issue seen in verses 20 through 24. He, he says this, because if our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. We can't get anything past God. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God. That's a good thing. And we can receive whatever we ask from Him because we keep His commands and do what is pleasing in His sight. Now, this is His command. 
that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love another as he commanded us. The one who keeps his command remains in him. And he in him. And the way we know that he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. What this means is the spirit's going to reveal everything to you. And I hope that through this message, the Spirit's revealed who you really are. It did to me. We, we can't love people enough. We can't give enough. We can't sacrifice enough. We can't go out of our way enough for what Jesus has done for us. We can't. We can't overdo it. We can't, we can't step across that love line. You know, there, just about everything in, li in life, we can say, okay, I, I went too far. I shouldn't have done that. But not with this love. We, we can't out-love somebody. We can't give somebody too much love. Proof of that? Think about how much love God's given you. Undeserved love. Tonight, I want to ask you, are you loving with words or with actions? Are you loving with words or with actions? Are you giving enough? Are you willing to give more? What, what would this church look like? Listen, what would this church look like if we as a body of believers would tell others how much we love them by showing them how much we love them? Church ministry is messy. Are you willing to get messy that this city would know that we, Chevis Oaks Baptist Church, really do love God with all of us by showing them how much we love them. Are you willing? Let's all stand. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Father, we thank you for this message. It was a hard one, Lord. Help us to see ourselves, Jesus, the way you see us. Help us, Lord, to see ourselves. Help us to love the way you love truly love, not with, with, with words, but with actions, God. Help us to serve you, Lord, the way you've always served us. In Jesus' name I do pray. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you need to come, the altar's open.